Lakuta Sikha is Helikutes, Pashiki Sabis Sikha Bez, a summary of the Sikha. We know that Rashi, everything that Rashi teaches on the simple level, there's also Yenish Altaira, which means the inner dimension of Rashi. The Alter Rebbe says that Rashi also can be understood from the inner dimension of Taira, that everything in Rashi also accords and is aligned with the inner dimension of Taira. And therefore, in regards to our Parsha, we know that the Alter Rebbe said that all of the uh, curses that are found in, Parsha, in our Parsha and uh, elsewhere in the Torah also, in their essence they are really blessings. Behind, what, behind the curses is really greater good. In their essence they are really blessings. So therefore, when Rashi explains the various different uh, curses that are found in this uh, parsha, so he explains them. On the one hand, he explains how each one of the curses that the Torah expresses are meant as a curse. That's on the revealed level. He explains to us the depth of the horror that the Torah is trying to describe. But on the other hand, at the same time, he is explaining to us in the same very in the very same words that he says to explain that side. He's also explaining to us the great good that is realized through these. Uh, bless it, through these curses which on the inner dimension they are really blessings and Rashi is pointing out the great blessing that can be understood in regards to these curses as well and we can see this from the last Pasuk of, as an example in the last Pasuk of the Teichacha, which is the last Pasuk reads Ve'ishivcha Hashem Yitzrayim, Hashem will return you to Egypt on in boats B'derech Hashem Amarti on that path which I told you you shouldn't you will not see it again and you will sell yourself you will offer yourself up to sail there to your enemies as slaves and maidservants but nobody will want to buy you that's the Pasuk the fact that this is the very last Pasuk of the Teichacha means that it, it, it expresses the absolute ultimate worst curse possible and that's why it concludes with that because the Teichacha works its, its way from a milder punishment to, the, to more and more and more and the last one means the deepest curse possible so the question is what's, why is it so horrible that the people will go back to Egypt go back to Egypt doesn't seem like such a horrible curse in comparison to some of the things that are said before and then saying that they will be, they want to sell themselves as slaves and nobody wants to buy them, like, you know, what's so horrible about that? How does that express a horror? So Rashi explains that you will be brought back to Mitzrayim on boats. What does it mean to say? Shivya. You will be brought back. Not you will go back to Mitzrayim on your own. You will be brought back in captivity. You will be taken back as captives. And then he says that the reason that you won't, won't be bought as slaves is not because nobody wants to buy you, but because they will, um, they will execute you. They will declare a, an execution upon you. So it seems like Rashi is saying that in this Pasuk there are two things. First of all, that you will be taken back to Mitzrayim as captives. And the second thing is that they will uh, they will declare a death sentence upon you. Those are the two things. And all the other details, on boats, I told you not to go there, and yet you're, you're, you're going to go there, 
all of these things are just details of those two general themes but Rashi is trying to explain to us that it's not just two themes that each word, each theme in the Pasuk is another depth of suffering that is being described so we'll explain each detail Rashi says that you will be taken back on boats and he says that that means Beshivya in captivity why does Rashi explain Beshivya in captivity in regards to the word boats it would seem that he should explain it on the word Vaishivcha Hashem will return you to Mitzrayim he should say in captivity why does he associate it with the word in boats what he's trying to say is there are two ways in which a person can be brought in captivity to a foreign land one is that you know oh you're, you go you march to, the, to that land or if you go by boat by boat it means that the, your captor has complete control of every aspect of your life you're confined to a small place on a boat and they're in control of everything so that's a deeper level of suffering than if you're just marching going back to a place as captives so the word boats brings out a deeper level of suffering that's what Rashi is trying to say the same with what it says in the Pasuk that Hashem will return us to Mitzrayim on the path that I told you you will not see this anymore so what Rashi is saying is the Jews are familiar with the path going back and forth between Mitzrayim and Eretz Yisrael it is described in the Pasuk as the great and awesome and fearful desert a place of snakes and scorpions and a place of the, uh, the, the bereft arid place, bereft of all water a place of thirst so they didn't know the horrors of traveling through the desert to Mitzrayim so the Pasuk is saying I told you that you'll never suffer this again but no, that's how you're going to go back on the same path which you're very familiar with obviously on the way back in, in, as a punishment you won't have the protection that you had on the way out of Mitzrayim the clouds to protect you and the water that traveled with you and all those blessings that they were given won't be they won't have that so this also adds another dimension of suffering that path which you're so afraid of that's what you're going to have to go back through then Rashi goes on to say this Makartan you will sell yourself you will offer yourself up to sale as slaves the question is since they're being brought to Mitzrayim as captives what do you mean they'll offer themselves as slaves they're already captives and they don't have control of offering themselves as slaves so what Rashi is saying is that describes a deeper level of suffering that because the captors that they are under now are such horrible people and so they, they, they inflict such suffering on them that the Jews will say please sell us as slaves and to whom I would rather be sold to a slave as a slave to somebody that is my enemy that hates me rather than remaining with you because you're such a horrible master that I would please sell us as slaves so that in itself explains another level of suffering that it means that they want to be sold because they're suffering so horribly under the people that, have, that, they are, that are their masters that's why the Pasuk describes it as you will offer yourself as slaves because you could ask the question what's the difference who's offering you a slave since the end the Pasuk says nobody will buy you so what's the difference who's selling you that the you selling yourself as slaves describes your level of suffering and then Rashi says that you would think that nobody wants to buy you what does that mean? it means that 
be, that's another deeper level of suffering which is because they will ultimately kill you that will be the end and that's why that's the final word on the matter and that's where the Teichacha ends once a person is killed then it's all over so it ends on the highest on the deepest level of suffering it will lead to ultimate death that's how Rashi describes that last Pasuk and the deep suffering that it's trying to express in every word of the Pasuk since as we explained whatever Rashi explains as the, as the punishment the Yenish Altera on the inner dimension that describes also the great um, blessing that it brings out so Rashi explained, and we see that in Rashi's words too. We understand that the purpose of the whole Teichacha, of the reason that Hashem say, says these harsh words, is because He's trying to evoke a feeling of tshuva by the Yidin. As the Pasuk says, that ultimately this will lead to the Yidin returning to Hashem. So the whole issue is about tshuva. It's all about tshuva. So therefore, the last pasuk of the Teichacha also brings out the high level of tshuva that is, that is being sought. The idea of tshuva, b'chlau, what is the, why does Hashem look for tshuva? Why can't He just have tzaddikim, which will do the right thing all the time? And even though we know that zdainus nasalei is that if you do tshuva, it transforms all your avedas to mitzvahs, but why not just do mitzvahs to begin with? wouldn't that be better? And the answer is no, because when a person engages with Shalosh Klippus at Meis, with, the, three pl- with the, the place of darkness and evil, where a tzaddik can never go, where a yid is never supposed to go, but when a person does that, ends up doing it, there we find a deeper level of holiness, which comes from a higher level, and that's why it fell to a deeper place of Tuma and Klippa, so therefore when you engage it and you do tshuva after that, you elevate a higher level of godliness than you could have even done by just simply doing mitzvahs all the time. That's the ultimate purpose of tshuva. So therefore the last Pasuk says, Ve'ishivcha, Hashem will bring you back in tshuva. That's the purpose of it all, to bring you back in tshuva. Ve'ismakatem shom lo'evecha that there, the place that's called there means the place away from uh, Kedusha the place away from Kedusha and Le'evecha, the place of your enemy that's what the whole purpose is to bring you back that you should be looking for returning the place of there the place of darkness and the place of the enemy to bring it back into the place of Kedusha which leads to another level which is Ve'ein Kaina means that the ayin, the level of ayin, which is the highest level possible, even that it's higher than atzilus, as explained in Chassidus uh, and Kabbalah, so that kaina you are able to uh, capture and acquire the level of ayin through your tshuva. But Rashi takes it to an even, the even deeper level. The idea of tshuva is a yid's commitment absolute commitment a tshuva means a person that is not like a tzaddik that is drawn to serve Hashem that his whole soul only wants to serve Hashem a bal tshuva means somebody that no, he would love to engage with Averis in fact he has engaged with Averis but out of self-commitment decided that he needs to commit himself to Hashem so therefore Rashi says atem you are looking to be sold meaning to say that it's not that you are drawn to Elikus because Elikus is so gishmak and that uh, you're just naturally drawn to that like a tzaddik you had to work and get to the place where you had to look for and you now want to be uh, 
sold to Hashem, in other words, committed to Hashem. It is all your own efforts which brought you there. It's the Atem which brought you there. That's the Maila, that's the accomplishment of Tshuva. And then the second Rashi says that, uh, that Vein Kaina means that it leads, to, it leads you to Herig Vikiloyan. Herig Vikiloyan means, in a deeper sense, means that a person is able to neutralize. Herig means to neutralize. In English, sometimes you use killing someone means neutralizing them. It means that you're able to neutralize all of your connections to this world. You used to be connected to the world. You used to have a Gishmak in the world. But you've neutralized it and now nothing in the world interferes with your neshama anymore. You're in a place where you mastered it and you overpowered it and it no longer is a problem to you. Similar to what the Mishnah says that when a person reaches a hundred it says, Ki'ilu it's as if he died and left the world. What is the meaning of that? Why is that a part of a Mishnah declaring somebody that's a hundred years to be over and done with? What it's trying to say is when a person reaches a hundred which means that he has mastered all hundred levels of life because uh, this, a person is made up of ten character traits as we know and each one of those ten is made up of ten so that's a mul- a multiples in other words it's a hundred and if you've refined and elevated all of those levels then you are no longer bound by the world you're no longer limited by the what the world limits normal people you're over and above it you're, it's as if you're gone it's as if you're experiencing life like an neshama that is, is gone from the world, that is unencumbered by the body and by the physical world. That's what the Mishnah means, and therefore Herevikiloya means through tshuva a person can bring himself to a state where they are completely beyond what the world interferes with normal people. And that's what Rashi is describing, the d- depth of the blessing that can come out through tshuva in every one word of the Pasuk brings out another level of blessing that comes through to the